Yo, we are back once again. This is the Wu Tang Podcast. I am Singard Superior. The Almighty AR is still on hiatus. Uh, but nonetheless, if you have listened to our previous episode on Raekwon's The Wild, I talked about revamping the podcast to make it more inclusive and to include additional elements of Wu Tang. So therefore, on this episode, I have a guest that that exemplifies what I mean. My guest for this episode is Matthias Danielson, author of the recent book, The Wu-Tang Movement, the artists and groups that are honoring the W and the music of the Wu-Tang Clan. Matthias, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good. Um... And you know, before we, uh, you know, actually delve into your book and and, uh, and into your your background um, overall, I figured that we would start a little bit about just you know paying a little homage to Prodigy and everything like that, and just his uh, this sudden loss of a of a hip hop legend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a shame, and you know, when a big big loss for hip hop. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, it's he was just so I mean, so young and you know, when when I when I saw and I got some I got like an alert on my phone about it, you know, I had to sit down for a bit because um, you know, it's so funny about you know, when celebrities die and how, you know, or public figures rather I should probably say pass and uh people really get upset about it. And unfortunately, you know, I didn't really understand that. I like understand like why, like why, like why people get upset when public figures pass away until it started happening with people who, you know, I, I feel like I grew up on. So Prodigy affected me and then and Prince affected me too. So I am, especially after Prodigy, I'm really understanding why uh, people uh, feel certain way, certain, a certain way about public figures passing. Yeah, I can totally understand that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me as a fan, been listening to Mob Deep since I was yeah, since they started in the nineties. So it's, it's like you said, it's it feels like you you know them almost. You know, listen to their music and so. So that's that's why it hit you so hard when when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um. So how do people in oh well first, well first of all um Matthias is from Sweden and I know right now it's uh it's the evening time over there it's, I think it's, it's still the morning over here in the United States yeah and you know and I just realized that uh you're the first um international uh person guest that we've had on across both of our podcasts so yeah this, this is pretty cool uh, um and so. Going so before we uh, we get off the topic of prodigy, I'm I'm curious to know how is uh how is Mob Deep uh, perceived over in Sweden? Mob Deep, hip hop in uh, in general are not um, to be recognized as a hip hop artist in Sweden. You have to be uh, commercial. Mm-hmm. You have you have to be commercial. Uh, otherwise, it's really hard to. To get shows done here in Sweden, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I try over the years. I try to get as many artists to Sweden as possible. But in my area where I live, when I talk to the managers and booking agents and all that, they wonder, oh, what have they done? Who are they working with? Are they on the radio? And when I say no, in some cases, they are not interested. Hmm. But in the big cities, it's more. It's doing better. Okay. 
uh, for, but for me to see to see great hip hop shows, I have to go abroad. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, I, n- I never really thought about that because, well, you know, in um, at least with a lot of with a lot of Americans, um, the way that we kind of perceive Europe, and I think a lot of um, you know, uh, underground hip hop artists, as um, we, we you know, they they tend to perceive Europe as like this haven for you know this pure boom bap. A hip hop, which I guess is you know, it's partially true, but we never really get get a chance to hear about you know the commercial side of hip hop within the European context. Yeah, so in Europe, you have you have many followers in Europe and also in Sweden, but I can almost call us underground, mm-hmm. you know. So we say when Mob Deep, Mob Deep is so they are so commercial well-known artists so they they get shows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they get shows in sweden of course so but if you're not that commercial it's all much harder. sorry to say okay so so you so you perceive mob deep as as commercial yeah in that sense i do okay okay because most hip-hop fans know who they are, and even booking agents does. Hmm, hmm. So it'll do. So. Oh, that's interesting because you know, you know, over here, some booking agents over here don't know who the hell Mob Deep is. So that's that. That's pretty cool. So, uh, and so, um, in general, when did you become interested in Wu Tang? Oh, from the very first. Yeah, in in the beginning of the nineties, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. soon as the the record hit uh, Sweden, entered the thirty six chambers. Well, I think it was before that because I, I yeah yeah no it was that around around that time. So from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now, are there um well during that time were there um uh you know like uh, underground hip hop stations um in Sweden where you were living at the time. I think we had one show, one uh, P3 hip hop. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's well known uh, even abroad. I think he has interviewed, yeah, every every artist in in the hip hop community. Mm-hmm. So I think he he was yeah he's the only one. Okay. That I that I can yeah. Okay. Now did now did you um did you ever um. Well, I mean, well, are you a musician at all? At all? No. no, no, not at all. Um, now, well, and, and you talked about uh, you know trying to to bring certain uh, hip hop artists to uh, you know to Sweden. So, um, are you a promoter or were you a promoter at all? No, no. In, in that, that, it was the artist that uh, asking me if I could get them shows here in Sweden, and I, and I said, yeah, I can try. But no. The booking agents here in Sweden wasn't interested. Okay, so you have artists that so 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 you've built a pretty good connection with with um with hip hop artists to the point that they asked you if you could try to help them come out to Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, so they mainly are the, well. I well, I'm sure you have like a lot of like Wu Tang affiliate affiliated people just like you know just based on looking at your your Facebook page, but um. Do you have like any other artist, like artists um, from the United States who aren't like who aren't who affiliated that also reach out to you that you have uh, connections with? I have to say no. Okay. Okay, that's cool. So, okay, so the Wu Tang movement. It took you 
seven years to complete this book. Yeah, in English, it did. In English, uh, because in the introduction, you you mentioned that you did another book in Swedish, which was called Wu Tang Killer Bees: The Swedish Manual. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I did that. I did that in uh, 2008, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Okay, now uh is so is uh is the Wu-Tang movement is it um a revised version of your of your prior book or or are they two totally different things? I I would say two two totally different things. The the first the, the Swedish manual I did I did basically just for myself because I, I wanted to have a book on the artist that I was listening to so I I did it just for myself and it was I, to, I took uh, information I, I found on the internet and information I knew and so but it wasn't it wasn't that good done I have to say <laughs> but it, it, it was fun doing it yeah I mean yeah I, you know I can imagine because uh you know, when when I came across your book, I was so excited because, um, well, I usually have a co-host um, who is also my cousin. And, you know, for quite some time, um, you know, I've been talking to him about like there should be a book with like a book where someone just compiles like all the like all Wu-Tang affiliate um, affiliates in one book and have like profiles on them because, you know, they're there's so damn many of them. Um and then so when I saw that she did it, I'm like, holy shit, someone actually sat down and did it. And so when, you know, uh, I, you know I was looking through the book and everything like that, and, you know, you t- saying that it, it, it took you seven years to complete, I can totally understand it. But the thing that I, that I really appreciate about your book is that you also conducted interviews yourself with the artist when you could, and when, well, when you were able, which is something that. Um, at least when I was thinking about an idea for a book like that, I didn't think I didn't think about actually doing that. But um, you know, it uh, it begs the question too. Uh, like, do you, do you have like a journalism background at all? Nothing at all. No. Nothing at all. Hmm. Uh, the thing is with the with the Wu Tang Movement book is that in uh, I, I I first wrote uh, the Swedish Manual in two thousand and eight, and and then. Uh, in 2010, I was talking to another Wu fan uh, about music and, and so. And then I mentioned to him that I have written the Swedish manual. And uh, and then he told me, oh, wow, I want that kind of book too. And and, and uh, I like to write and, and so on. And I thought, yeah, maybe I, I would do it in English. For, yeah, for English talking people and so on. But then I, then I realized if I going to do something in English, it has to be good and it has to be hundred percent fact, because I don't want to bring out something that's not true. So so that's that's when I came up with the idea, MySpace. You know what was very hot at the time, and I had a few of them as a, a friend, friends on my list, and I. I th- and I thought, well, if I contact them, contact them and ask if I can interview them, then I get the fact straight from the artist. And that's how it began. And then came Facebook, and it, it was easier to reach them online, on chat, on Facebook. And then it was Skype, over the phone, and yeah, 
Hmm. That's that's how I did it. Just to get the fact straight from the artists. Hmm. No, no one. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's how I that's how I did it. Yeah, that's why it took so long because, <laughs> like I, like you said, they are so damn many. And <laughs> I, li- I live I live in Sweden. They live in the USA. So I have to yeah, be up in the night. Yeah, shit. It was a long journey. <laughs> I can say. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, and, um, and, you know, just like, you know, looking through your, uh, your Facebook profile and everything like that, it seems to, it seems to me that you're, you're getting quite a bit of love uh, for this book. I'm over here in the States. So I, I counted in the book, I counted 127 artists and groups overall. I, I haven't counted them. Yeah, yeah, I, I counted, I, um, and I, I recounted, I think about an additional two times, and I kept coming into 127. Uh Man, it, it, I mean, it's a lot because uh, I don't know. Like, so when when I when I got the book in the mail, because because like you know I had you know of course we all have other mail coming, you know all kinds of mail coming to our to our homes, but I just got this big envelope that was sitting because you know they couldn't fit it in the mailbox, <laughs> and it was just uh, it was just sitting in a chair. But I thought it was like my neighbors, and so I looked, at, I picked it up. And I'm like, well, who in the hell sent me this? Like, what is it? And I opened it up. I'm like, wow. I said, this, like, this is this is the Wu Tang Movement book, and I'm just looking. I'm like, there are so many artists in this book, and I think, I mean, and you interviewed the great majority of these artists, which is also just a a really amazing feat. And you know, you even have um, you you had the chance to to speak to uh, Kevlar Seven before he passed. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to him a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, so what's uh, what's also interesting about this book to me is that, you know, you you mentioned that you talked. I believe it was in, in the conclusion that you talked. You uh, you talked to all kinds of Wu fans, and you know, we all we me and you we both know that uh, Wu Tang fans, well, diehard Wu Tang fans, are really passionate about anything concerning the clan and, and their affiliates, and. You didn't want to get into this back and forth between what it what it means to be a killer bee or how someone becomes like a so-called official killer bee, and so you you couched um, all these people under this under this you know this term that you deem the Wu Tang movement, which I thought or which I think is genius. Yeah, yeah, it was a big dilemma I had when I wrote it because, like you said. I knew as a as a as a super fan myself. I know I've been in so many discussions before about official killer bees and non-official and all that. But I but I thought when I, I wrote that I fuck that. I bring in every artist I knew because for me, as I see it, every artist that are in the book, if you like Wu Tang and the affiliates. You knew, you know who these people are, most of them, because they've done a lot of work with artists within the movement, and so so. That's why I did just to, yeah, just to show how many they are and mm-hmm. the big effect that the Wu Tang has on artists today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um and. And if and, and if I had to say if I had to like uh, give like one big takeaway uh, of your book, I I think that that's the that's the most important one. The fact that you're not really trying to show if these people, you know, well how connected they are with Wu Tang. Your 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 biggest goal is just to show how 
all of these people have been have been influenced by the clan in some in some shape or form whether it whether if it was directly you know from one of the original nine or if it was indirectly through another um you know wu-tang affiliate per se that was my main goal and that was how i worked mm-hmm. while doing it now this book also which is which is fat which is interesting to me is that um it's strictly independent independent you published it yourself right now since this is a this is a Wu-Tang book um i would imagine that you've uh you've you've could have gotten it published with you know with with a different kind of trade publisher or something like that now did you try to do that originally or did you already knew going into the project that you were going to uh just publish it yourself <laughs> At some at, at some point, I had uh, I thought I was going to get get it published by uh, yeah by a what what does it call another um, publisher or so, but mm-hmm. but in but in the end, I understand uh, if I want to get it out, I have to do it myself. Mm. And because I, I'm in Sweden, it's harder because I knew uh, I tried to get it published here in Sweden but I but they told me they didn't know who I, who I was writing about or anything so they they tell said no to me and then I tried to reach out to some American publishers but it was too hard I, I don't know I didn't even know where to look to be to be mm. honest so mm. it, it was the easiest way but, but I got a lot of help from from an, an author in, in the USA with the book from the beginning. Not from the beginning, but in the end. Actually, who, who helped me. He tried to get get it published, but uh, in the end he told me he told me to release it, publish it uh, through CreateSpace. Hmm. So big, big props to him, Dennis. Okay, now... So 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 Dennis is also an author. So um, does does he does he also write um about uh, hip hop and music in general? Yeah, I think his uh, his main uh, his main focus is about autism. He works a great deal with that, mm. very involved with with that. But I know he's also I think he's I think he's working on a book uh, on some hip hop artists. Hmm. So, 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 I, so. I, I was guy. I was guided to him through Jimmy Khan. Okay. From Wu Tang uh, Management. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so he he helped me a lot. Hmm. Well, man, you're. I mean, you're probably. I mean, you're you're you're, you're pretty much a Wu Tang affiliate yourself. I mean, you, you have like all these interesting connections you know through Wu-Tang management with all these killer bees trying to help them help them help them get shows yeah, I'm doing out doing it out of love for their music so any way I can help I do yeah now uh all right so what are some of the positives and negatives of of publishing um a book by yourself the positive thing is um the simple fact that you you done it yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the negative side is uh, what is called. 
advertising for the book and so. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well... The, I, the only way I promote it is on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. If I... Let's say I, I would have a publisher in my back, they would have helped me with that in a better way, I, I think. Yeah. That's the most negative. Yeah, well, um, I see, I'm trying to remember how I came across your book. Um, well, so the way I came across it, was, and I think I, um, I think I explained this to you uh, through Facebook, but uh, anyway, I guess for the listeners out there, real quick, uh, I was just, you know, looking around for different, <clears throat> as I was trying to figure out how to revamp this podcast, and I was just looking around to see, you know, what else Wu-Tang is there out there, and, you know, I, I am aware of um, other books, you know, pretty much by, like, journalists and scholars on the clan that I already knew, and then I see this other book, you know, it has Wu-Tang on it, and, you know, it has a, a B on it, and the artwork looks looks interesting, which I want to I wanna talk about a l- in a little bit, Uh and, you know, that's how I came across the book through Amazon. And I did a search and then I found the Facebook group um, that, that you just mentioned that had your outline, which I found interesting because you, you, you had two documents on there. Or you have two documents on there. Uh, one is pretty much your your goal and the description of the project that you're doing. And then you had the beginnings of um, of a map of Wu-Tang affiliates. Oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so long ago I put it up that I totally forgot I put it up there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, because uh well, well, first of all, did um throughout the project, did you stick with that method of filling out this map or did you just after a while just uh uh stop doing the map? I stopped. Uh, I never followed the map to be honest. I never did. I I found it easier to go from my collection, my my own wolf collection, as albums, and and then being on Facebook, I I got reminded oh oh I forgot about him oh I forgot about them and and that kind of thing. So I did I did a lot of research actually to see who who can I include, shall I take bring him or her. Hmm, how shall I do? So I, I, I never follow the map because I don't know how the map looks, but I, I don't think it's that well, I think, in my opinion. Mm. <clears throat> so since there are 127 artists and groups overall in this book, were there any uh, artists that you came across during your research that you weren't particularly aware of? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Like, uh, uh, for example, uh, many of the the new Wu generation, kids to ODB and, and so, to name some. Otherwise, I, I think I, I knew who I wanted. There, there were a few that popped up. During the time. Well, I was looking through the book. Um, there were some people. I mean, well, quite a few actually that I weren't particularly aware of. Um, and then some. I mean, and so like yeah. So you know, looking through the book, it's, it's it was really interesting because some people, you know, I just kind of, I just kind of forgot about. 
And so it was good like to to hear about like what they're doing now and stuff like that. And then there were others that I just weren't really aware of. And then, uh, you know, you, you know, in your in your your profiles of some of these people, you do a really good job and really uh, contextualizing how how they're connected to uh, to Wu-Tang in general. Yeah, I thought that was important. Important uh, in that sense to yeah to explain to the reader why I, I've included them. So they so they see some kind of connection, even even if it's small. Now, what I, I also noticed too that um again you've uh you know you the majority of your your source base comes from. Uh, your own interviews that you that you've done with 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 these people with a lot of these um Wu Tang affiliates, but I noticed that you interviewed uh certain people like s- several times, um, and you know you I think you know you you had I think maybe with Born Divine I'm sorry I'm going off the top of my head right now, but I think you had a uh, you had um one interview with him like in 2011, then then maybe like in 2012 or something like that, and then I think another one so. Uh, what made you uh, interview certain people uh, more than once compared to others? Uh, because uh, every artist was uh, not like the other. Uh, some artists I could do the whole interview at one time. I don't know how I, I, I don't remember how it was with, for example, Born Divine. But with other artists, it was I asked one question, then he was offline. And then I had to wait till I catch him again when he was online, and that could take several days. So that's why I've interviewed some artists many times, just <laughs> just to give, just to get all the info I I wanted. Man, yeah, I can I can imagine, you know, um, you know, me having this podcast, uh, well, two podcasts, and having all kinds of guests on. You just never know how how certain people will will be. I mean, not saying that you know that they they do it on purpose, but you know they you know they tend to be bit, uh, busy people and stuff like that. And so you 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 really you're on their time. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, I understand. I can tell I can tell you some stories about about me trying to chase some people down. So which is why I'm so happy that you were so open, you know, about coming on and everything like that. And it's easy to to get in um in contact with. Like I said. Uh, the... They, some of them wasn't easy to interview, and and one aspect of why it took me so long to to finish the book, <laughs> I don't I don't remember who it was. It was more than one that I got in contact with, talked to them about what I was doing, and they said yes, I want to do it. And then I maybe asked one question. And then it took me over a year to to reconnect with them. Wow. Yeah. Man. So, so like I said, some of them wasn't that easy to interview. And I, I think many of them got uh, pretty tired of me. Every time they were online, I was there, banging <laughs> on their door. So <laughs> that's why I think it took me some some time. They were sick of me. <laughs> yeah. Now you also mentioned in your conclusion that you were starstruck by by some of the people that you interviewed. Uh, can you uh, do you remember any of the people that you were just instantly starstruck by when you uh, had a chance to speak with them? Oh, it it was uh, 
Black Knights, I mm. have to say, when I talked to Crisis the first time, because I, I'm a big fan of Black Knights. So that, that was so awesome. And uh, yeah, and Cappadonna too, when I talked to him. Mm. That was cool. But in the beginning, it was almost everyone I talked to. Because I thought, I, it, when I just started with it, it was just an idea. I didn't think that I would get in contact with so many. So when I, when I did that, it was, whoa, they mm. really want to talk to me. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of emotion it was for me. But then it's, it went over very, very fast, actually. But in the beginning, it was super cool. I have to say. Now, uh, is Cappadonna the only uh, Wu member that you have in the book? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Now, I would imagine that... He, uh, did, you did you interview him before he became like an official Wu member? I think... Uh, good question. I, I don't really know, actually. I, th I think it must have been after. When he was... Uh, I can imagine that, you know, this book, it hold well, you know, first of all, it took you, you know, several years to complete, and just the fact that, you know, you had this goal, and then you set out, and, and, you, and you, you managed to finish it, which is something that a lot of people can't say they've done with, you know, side projects, especially people who, you know, have families and have other obligations, like yourself, um, but, you know, also... I can imagine this, this, that this uh, this book and this project has a particular kind of resonance because you you know you you talked about how your grandparents uh, passed like shortly after you um, after you finishing this book. So I'm curious to know like the kind of support that you received from your family and also if your family uh, happened to be Wu Tang fans. No, no, no. My wife can. Can listen to it sometimes. She can, but uh, no other family member. They they think it's uh, cool that I've done it, and and so. But I no, they, they, they yeah. Of course, they are proud that I that I was able to finish it, and and so and and I know my mom is very she's very happy that I did it did a lot of it with the help from my grandparents. Mm -hmm. Because uh, because I I know it it meant a lot to them helping me because they they were very old at the at the end but uh, they were still excited to help me in any way they could so mm. um how how did they help you if you don't mind me asking uh, it was uh, my grandmother helped me a lot with um, how to how to write a text correct. And, and my uh, and my grand grandfather was um, he was working as a I don't know the the English word for it but he he worked at a at a newspaper printing the the book or the the paper I don't mm -hmm. know what and uh, so he told me a lot about how yeah how to construct the text properly you know with the text the fonts and and yeah. How to make it a page look good, basically. Hmm. He helped me a lot with that. 
That's interesting. So it so it seems to me that you so you it seems to me that you come from a family of like writers or or you come from a family of people who are interested in the idea of print culture overall. Yes, it it mostly it was uh, my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they also like to to write a lot. They did, and they always always supported me when I when I started this book. Basically, they they helped me since I was little. You know, from school when I was doing projects in school, homework and and that they've always helped me. So when I and when I started doing this, I it was natural to go to them and ask for advice and and so. So I'm 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 very I'm proud that they they were here to see the finished product. It meant a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Now. Um... No, I know that that you said um, a while back that you couldn't interview everyone, um, and you didn't get a response from every person that you wanted to get a response from. But uh, was it that? Uh, do you have like that one person that you wanted that you wish that you could have um, interviewed for the book? Yeah, I got one actually, mm. but it uh, he politely turned me down. But uh, it's a uh, dark denim from Royal Fan. Oh okay, that's cool. Well, well, I guess oh, I guess that's, that's not cool, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, it would have been cool to include him. He was yeah. one of the artists that I was so very interested in interviewing. Like I said, he politely turned me down. He, he said he, that what was it? That time in his life was over, he said. Basically, he wasn't he wasn't interested. Now, now you know what's interesting about um, about reading some of these profiles, especially from some of like the lesser known Wu Tang affiliates, is the fact that a lot of them. It seems to me that in so many words, a lot of them have said that they've kind of moved on with their lives, but they were still willing to um, to be a part of the book project, but. When it comes when it when it comes to uh, people declining you, was it was that usually the reason in general? Why they turn me down? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What it, um, was it usually because you know they just said that, that they moved on with their lives and you know? No, no, no. The main uh, the main issue because uh, if you if you read the book, you know I. I miss uh, a lot of art, not a lot, but I, I miss some artists. And uh, basically, it it was about money. They they wanted money, and uh, I I couldn't give them that, so that's why I didn't include. Straight up, that was the main reason. Well, yeah, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. So I guess we can we can all understand all understand that. Um, now do you uh so you so technically you have. Well, well, so the 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 Swedish book that you have, do you count that as your first book? Both yes or no. It, that was <laughs> uh, that was made in a, in a month or so. Okay. I, I, I just took the information that I found. I wasn't. I knew I knew some info wasn't correct, maybe or so. But I at that time I was just I just wanted to have a book. Like mm-hmm. like, a, like a lexicon over the over the artists that matched uh, my my album collection. 
Mm-hmm. So that so that, that was, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was my first book, but it it was a child. Do you think you ever write another Wu Tang uh, related book? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> to be honest, no. It it, it took uh, it took uh, too long and too much of my time. Like uh, when I think about it now, it's crazy. Like uh, I can say. Almost half the book is written in the night when my family was asleep and uh, yeah, and I had the time to sit down, interview and then write all alone with when my kid wasn't disturbing me or I had to do yeah duties at home or, or so. So yeah, most of the book is done when, either at night or when I was going home from work. And so, so it took it took too much time. It, it really did. So I, uh, I can't see see me doing something like that again. Well, do you think you ever write another book at all, or um, period, like some kind of a piece of fiction or something like that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like I said, I like to write, so maybe I do. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah, maybe. Now, um, I guess in closing, um, at this point, uh, and the state of Wu-Tang in general, where do you see the the Wu-Tang movement heading at this point? Since, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you have a new generation, you have ODB's son, you have, uh, I think, uh, God's son, I believe, Intel, right? So with all these things, um, where do you see the Wu-Tang movement heading uh, from... From uh, from this point, straightforward. All these artists that that are in the movement, they will continue to to honor the W and 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 make people never forget about the Wu Tang. And even Wu Tang is, of course, they are still active, doing shows everywhere, worldwide. So it, it's Wu Tang is here to stay, in my opinion. There are so many, so someone will keep reminding the world about the W. Well, you know, I think that you most certainly helped because you have the only book on the Killer Bees at this at this point. So, um, you know, I think I think people like you are actually, you know, keeping keeping the the W alive, but doing it in a different way by really focusing on the resonance that the WS had on other people, which I think is something that we know we we always, you know, look at, we talk about and, you know, people write, um, you know, they write articles on like, you know, articles on Killer Bees every so often. Um, But I still think that some people tend to miss the point that you really do make in this book. So, yeah. So um, do you have any uh, any closing remarks or anything like that? Do you want to plug in your social media if people want to reach out to you? And um and tell people let people know where they can find the book actually. Yeah, they can find the book at Amazon and Create Space, mm. Create Space on Amazon, Amazon in the UK and Amazon in Europe. Awesome. And then uh, on Facebook, they can look up uh, the Wu Tang Movement. I got a page called that, and and myself, Matthias Julian Danielson, Danielson. 
Well, yeah, so uh, guys, please go ahead and uh, cop the Wu-Tang movement. I did. Um, I looked through it and everything like that. It's a really dope book. I think that uh, if you are a diehard Wu-Tang fan, you should probably have this book because it really goes through pretty much this, this Wu-Tang legacy and this big wave, this, this resonance that the W has had on many people and how you know the w has touched the lives of many uh of many fans and musicians as well so uh go ahead and cop that on amazon uh be sure to uh reach out to me if you want to wu-tang podcast at gmail.com i'm going to have some more content coming soon some more some more book related content coming soon um so stay tuned for that keep up with us on twitter at wu-tang at wu-tang podcast Uh, and with all that, we're out. Peace.